This is the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed to those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Centre circle is Chris Stokes. Doing their diagonal. Blocks them. Takes it in his stride. Shows great physical play. Blocks them. Gets to the byline. Michael Mellon. It was JJ McKinnon eight yards out. Didn't get the connection he was hoping for. And it's an easy enough save for Luke McGee. But that was a great play down the right-hand side. Blocks them. Might get a cross in here as well. That one blocks away. Bloxham still going on the second phase. Lovely physical play from Bloxham. He's in the penalty area. Squares the ball back across for JJ McKinnon. Youngley's tight. And at the back post there, it couldn't quite be forced over the line on the edge of the six-yard area. Trammy with it once more. Hendry. Lewis after right-hand side. Just got round Jacob Badeau there. And that is going to be a yellow card for Jacob for a foul on Rob Apter. And that is bad news because that means that Jacob Badeau is going to be suspended for the visit of AFC Wimbledon to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium on Saturday because that is Jacob's fifth caution of the season. Here come Tranmere, Rob Apter, left hand to right hand side, cutting in and that's the first decent save that Adam Smith had to make all game. 72nd minute and it comes Adam Mayer towards the near post, that one headed away. Stokes is going to pick it up and get it out to Adam Mayer once more. Stokes might think about a cross, does cross it in, it's flipped towards the goal and it's into the back of the net. And Morecambe have finally broken the deadlock, and I think that's an own goal. It was Chris Stokes with it, second phase from a corner, the defender up from the back, crosses it in left-footed. I reckon that's flicks off the head of a Tranmere Rovers defender. Lou McGee stranded into the back of the net, and Morecambe take the lead with 18 minutes to go. It's a Shrimps 1, Tranmere Rovers 0. Chris Stokes was absolutely delighted with that, he ran back towards the halfway line down the Berlin wall with his arms in the air well I think Adam Mayer was entitled to go for the uh, go for that there and the Tranmere Rovers captain Tom Davis I think has made a bit of a meal of that I must say it's right in front of us here in the main stand and Adam Mayer has got a yellow card as well and that's Adam Mayer's fifth yellow card of the season and that means Adam is also going to be suspended for the visit of AFC Wimbledon on Saturday can't get past Jacob Davenport inside the centre circle. Here comes Jacob Badeau up from the back. What about that from a ball from Jacob Badeau? And then Michael Mellon pulls the trigger and puts it into the side net and you'd have bet your mortgage on him breaking the net there with the way he's been scoring this season. Mellon's rasping drive takes a deflection behind for another corner. That's not the clearance that Adam Smith wanted out of his hands, but it's going to bounce over the halfway line at least. Tramia try and get it going again. Badeau just needs to make sure he wins this aerial contest in a bit of a tangle. It's out towards Rob Apter, right-hand tip of the penalty area. Apter twisting, turning, getting a shot away, which is really well saved, and the rebound should be put in the back of the net, really. And that was the chance that Tramir Rovers should have equalised. Great save from Adam Smith from the effort from the substitute, Rob Apter, and the rebound is shanked wide of the target. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio. Jan Songo just hoofs it as far as he possibly could into the Halo Terrace. 
and the referee Mr Paul Howard puts the whistle to his lips and Morecambe have just about got the victory done this Tuesday night here at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium and it was an own goal that did it 18 minutes from time second phase of an Adam Mare corner it fell to Chris Stokes who'd been off the bench as an early substitute for Donald Love the central defender up from the back wide out on the right hand side his left footed cross flicked off the head with think of Jordan Turnbull the Tramir Rover centre half and into the back of the net for what's proving to be the winning goal here this Tuesday night here at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium it was a game of few chances in the first half of Jordan Slew header wide of the mark JJ McKinn and also had an effort saved and Tom Bloxham couldn't quite direct his effort on target either that was a sum total of what had gone on in the first 45 minutes a quiet second half in terms of absolute clear-cut goal scoring opportunities neither keeper with much of a save to make until 20 minutes from time lots of pressure from Tranmere Rovers as they tried to knock on the door but they didn't really have many clear-cut ideas in the final third but they did pile on the pressure lots of defensive headers and clearances and Morecambe stood tall they stood strong they stood firm and got their reward 18 minutes from time with that own goal in front of the halo terrace which proved to be the difference between the two sides Tom Bloxham probably should have put the game to bed a couple of minutes later his effort was blazed over the bar Michael Mellon also had an effort saved when it looked for all the money as if he was going to score his eighth goal of the season Tranmere kept knocking on the door it wasn't until the fifth minute of stoppage time though that they really found a clear cut goal scoring opportunity substitute Rob Apter off the bench twisting and turning inside the penalty area his effort was saved brilliantly by Adam Smith to his right hand side and the rebound was skied over the crossbar and you knew at that moment that the points were in the bag for Derek Adams man it's seven games unbeaten and with the way the results have gone so far tonight elsewhere in lead two Morecambe get this are on the fringes of the lead two playoffs just a point separating Morecambe from the top seven but the Shrimps have two games in hand heading into the visit of AFC Wimbledon here at the Mazuma Mobile Stadium this Saturday afternoon but Derek Adams will have a little bit of thinking to do in terms of the personnel he has available certainly at the back David Tatonda went off in the second half with what looked to be a hip problem Donald Love the Morecambe captain went off inside the first 10 minutes there was no Stuart Moore tonight there was no Farron Rawson either uh, with his cut eye that he suffered on Saturday against Certain United that's four defensive players and goalkeeper potentially all unavailable uh, for Saturday uh, we had Max Melbourne uh, coming off the bench Jan Songo started in the centre of defence Chris Stokes had to come on and we've also got Jacob Badeau suspended for his fifth caution of the season so he's not available on Saturday and Adam Mayer also picked up his fifth yellow card late on in the second half so Adam also suspended for the visit of the Dons to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium this Saturday afternoon so lots to be positive about for Morecambe seven games unbeaten but lots of perhaps quandaries and things to ponder for Derek Adams as he tries to pick a team ahead of the trip up from London by AFC Wimbledon on Saturday afternoon the Shrimps terrific tonight different side to Derek Adams Morecambe tonight we had to fight we had to scrap we had to battle but we got the job done well Derek another battling three points for you today it was tough wasn't it yeah I mean I said that before the game you know Tranmere are a very good side and uh, you know one of the 
best teams in this league they should be and uh, tonight we've been able to get the better of them you know we had really good openings in the match we probably should have gone ahead uh, in the first half with some really good play I thought Tom Blocks in the first half was outstanding and um, I think that just an overall really great team performance tonight to, to get the win the players that had to come on you know Stokes coming on in the first half I thought he did really well uh, got the goal uh, I know that uh, it was flicked on by their defender but it was going in uh, uh, but overall I thought that the character the team work ethic the opportunities that we created in the game, we deserve to win the game by a greater margin. You talked about Chris Stokes there. What a cross that was for the goal. Yeah, I mean, it was a great ball into the box. Um, he said that he shot. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, he's trying to claim that uh, he should be getting the goal because it was going in the target. But uh, it's great to get that goal. Uh, great to get a clean sheet. And, uh, you know, I thought that their goalkeeper was outstanding. Two unbelievable saves he made uh, in the 90 minutes and, and kept him in the match. And you kept a clean sheet yourself with Adam Smith coming to the side for his first league start for some time. Yeah, I mean, we had to make changes tonight. You know, we had uh, two players uh, out uh, injured for tonight, so we had to make two changes. And uh, they came in seamlessly. And, and that's what we need. We need players to come in uh, and, you know, take the, the opportunity. And they certainly did that tonight. And I think that's one of the signs of this season that people have come in. Whenever they had the chance, they've taken it, haven't they? Yeah, we had that when we went up the last time. You know, I think that um, we had a group of players that um, we knew how the system worked and uh, were in it together. And uh, I think that this group of players have certainly got that about them. Looking at the injuries, Stuart Moore, we saw him in, in a knee brace tonight. How is he? Yeah, Stuart, um, he's going to be out for a, a period of time. Um, he's going to see a consultant to see what the extent of the injury is going to be. Uh, for how long he'll be out for, we're unsure at this moment in time. But um, he certainly not be fit for Saturday. That's a real blow for him, isn't it? Because he, he's not played much football over the years, but he just got himself really settled into the side and doing really well. Yeah, it's a huge blow, uh, not only for him, for us as a team, you know, because, um, you know, we have two goalkeepers that are competing for the number one shot, and uh, I think that that's, you know, really important. Can you ask for a seven-day loan for a keeper for the weekend, or how's that work now? No, we can't. Um, we, we can sign a goalkeeper. Uh, and a free agent but um, we can't sign anyone on loan no and unfortunately against like you lost Donald Love early in the game as well yeah I mean Donald took a bad cut to the foot the top of the foot so he had to get stitches on it um, he's had eight stitches uh, in that uh, foot tonight so um, we'll look at him you know for Saturday I think that's what must be really pleasing for you is that the first 10-11 games you had had to make a change the football was great all the youngsters doing really well last three or four games you've had to make quite a lot of changes Everyone's come in, they've showed great steel, determination and got the points as well. Yeah, of course. And I think that, you know, as a group, um, they've been very good at that. They understand the roles. You know, we, we took, you know, Max Melbourne came onto the bench tonight. Max has not been involved for, for many weeks and he came onto the pitch and performed towards the end because David came off injured. So um, I think that uh, it's important that this group, you know, all know their roles and, and can do that. It takes all sorts to win a football match and your young players are getting to learn that, aren't they, quite quickly? Yeah, they could learn a wee bit more. Um, they could be a wee bit more streetwise uh, because the opposition certainly are. Uh, but, uh, you know, they are learning and that's what they're here to do. And you're back home against Saturday, AFC Wimbledon. Not so good at home, Wimbledon, but good away. Yeah, Wimbledon, you know, they're a team that, uh, you know, are pushing to, to get out this division. And, uh, you know, for us tonight, we've pushed ourselves into eighth position with two games in hand. So, you know, we've put ourselves in a very good position. It's a fantastic place to be in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, 
people forget what we've had to put up with, you know, and uh, I think that uh, uh, we've put ourselves, you know, in a, a great position. I try and put that to, to the back of my mind, and uh, I thought that uh, the players, you know, just keep on going and, and fight for the cause. One player I've not mentioned much this year, but you mentioned there in the first half, Tom Bloxham, he's just doing ever so well. He's on the right side, a young, a teenage lad, but he's playing ever so well. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Tom, you know, in that first half, uh, got the better of his opponent a number of times. I don't know that's why the, the left-back came off at half-time, was he injured or not, but, um, you know, Tom was getting the better of him. Uh, and, you know, he puts in some great crosses and uh, he just keeps on going. Um, you know, Merlin, Slew, Mayer, AJ, they're all young players and uh, they're all, you know, producing something week in, week out. Well, Adam, a first league start for you for some time, a clean sheet and a 1-0 and win tonight. Couldn't have gone much better for you. Yeah, feels like it's been a while. Um, but, yeah, solid win for us. Keeps the momentum for us going at home and, yeah, it's good to be out there. It's a tough game though, wasn't it? They, they put everything at you in the first half especially. Yeah, they did. Um, I think they're in a false position where they are in the league. They're a decent team. Um, and it, was, it was a tough night and... Games like that, 1-0 win, them could be the difference towards the end of the season, hopefully. A nice view at the end, a nice little save there from the, the youngster who came on, cut inside his left foot, good save from you, and it kept us in the game. Yeah, it did, but I'll also look, it was a bad kick from me that started that, so yeah, it was nice to make the save, but it wouldn't have happened if I'd have kicked it normally. Well, I didn't want to say that, but it's a good performance all round. And the last two games you've won, Saturday at Sutton and tonight, you've had to show a different side to the game, haven't you? Yeah, we have. There's a lot of different teams in this league. Um, Sutton, obviously, very direct, and you know every every game's a different test for us, and we've got to prepare for Saturday now. What's it like to get a start? It's, not, it's been some time coming, hasn't it, in the league? Yeah, it has. Um, just got to be ready whenever called upon, and you know I'll keep working hard every single day and be ready for when it does happen. And nice for you, of course, then to get the three points as well, though. Yeah, that's what it's all about. The three points, um, clean sheets, nice, but you know I would have took a four-three win. Maintain this home form, which has been excellent, hasn't it? It has. We're a real, real good team at home, and we have been away. We have been a good team all season, um, and long may it continue. How big a part do the fans play here? Yeah, the massive, the massive, the, the backlash in the numbers, and you know the place is bouncing, especially towards the end when we're digging in. We can hear them; they really are the twelfth man. And you've got now Wimbledon coming here on Saturday. They've got a good away record, so another tough game for you, especially maybe with the injuries mounting up. Yeah, every game's a tough game in this league. We won't take anyone lightly. Um, obviously, Tranmere and Sutton are both at the upper end of the table, but they've both been difficult, different games, and Wimbledon will be a different test altogether, and we'll prepare ourselves for that. I think you've summed it up there. Sutton struggling, Tranmere struggling, but they both gave real good games. You just had to work so hard to get on top of them. did, yeah, and it's all different tests. You know, every game, like I say, every game's different, and as long as we do us, we'll be fine. And as for yourself... Getting ready now, hopefully for Saturday to get another start and uh, keep up the another clean sheet. Yeah, exactly that. Um, just train my best every single day and whatever happens, happens. Thanks for downloading episode 132 of the Shrimps Verdicts podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. This is Dave Salmon. So the unbeaten run goes on seven games in league and Kerp ahead of the trip uh, for AFC Wimbledon to the uh, Mazuma on Saturday. But uh, some selection issues to ponder for Derek Adams. I mean, first and foremost, uh, what a different performance it was and what a win uh, on Tuesday night. A battle full of heart, spirit, determination, bodies on the line. 
a different kind of win different to the free-flowing football that we've seen in some of the other victories a real dig in uh, but still created loads of great opportunities and I think as Derek said in his post-match probably should have been a couple of goals clear uh, than what we were a bit nervy towards the end but we got over the line and that kind of win is the sign uh, in Derek Adams' words of a right good side and dare I say a promotion chasing side as well to be one point off the playoffs with two games in hand at this stage of the season I think is an absolutely remarkable achievement but uh, thoroughly deserved given the quality of the squad uh, that we have but some uh, issues uh, from a selection point of view for Derek Adams to ponder ahead of the weekend I was talking to goalkeeper Stuart Moore uh, ahead after the uh, half time during the game uh, he was sat a couple of seats down in the press area and he had this big leg brace on uh, which which looked very worrying actually I asked him about it and he said it's just to keep my leg nice and still so I don't flex my hip too much because that's where the issue is this hip flexor muscle injury he's seen a consultant on Thursday to get more of a a prognosis about how long he's going to be out for but uh, sounds as if he's going to be out for a while hopefully not too long I think these kind of injuries can be uh, sorted out with rest so hopefully uh, it's just going to be a couple of weeks maybe and and, and Stuart will be back but it didn't look good at all with his big brace on his leg. Uh, saw Farron Rawson as well before the game. He was doing a vigorous warm-up uh, before the match before any spectators were let into the stadium so he's physically fit. I think uh, Faz's issue is where the cut is on his eye. Uh, it can't be strapped up. He can't put a bandage on it or anything to, to protect it and obviously you've got to be able to head the ball, haven't you, uh, if you're playing. So I think that is Faz's issue. So hopefully that's going to heal up enough for him to be in consideration on Saturday. No Jacob Badeau, of course. Uh, no Adam Mayer either. So there's definitely going to be a change further forward no James Connolly and Donald Love's had eight stitches in the top of his foot uh, looked okay actually as he walked out uh, of, of the of the stadium after the game but uh, with stitches three days on for the game on Saturday not so sure he's going to be in contention either so certainly some stuff for Derek Adams to ponder ahead of the weekend game and uh, let's look ahead to that right now with uh, Danny Baker uh, Danny is uh, one of the presenters of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast an AFC uh, Wimbledon uh, fans pod and uh, this is a good lively chat with Danny we talk about all sorts of different stuff ahead of the uh, trip for Johnny Jackson's men to the Mazuma Mobile Stadium uh, this coming Saturday if you're not heading down to the game full match commentary of course as ever on shrimps live on beyond radio and i follow shrimps will be on from just before 2:55. so danny thanks for taking time to jump on our podcast mate really appreciate it before we get going with all things uh football related um i'm talking to you now and uh, early this morning uh, you just very casually dropped into the conversation when we were messaging uh, that you were just about to do a skydive and you know as you do a completely normal thing to do on a monday afternoon so uh, how did it go and how did it come about well, firstly, thank you for having me. Obviously, being a Wimbledon fan, it is a very helter-skelter, uh, electrifying experience. But um, this was a lot less um, formal. It was a basically a bet, a bet with my brother who basically called me out on my 40th. I made a list of things I'd like to do. And he basically said, I said, oh, I might do a skydive. And he basically was like, oh, right. And five minutes later, a lovely voucher appeared in my inbox, which is always, he uh, basically called my bluff and as a big brother, he won. Um, but I was just saying, it was interesting because one of the Wimbledon fans previously, he uh, he sadly went to a game and, and never sort of, he got home and he, yeah, sadly, he died at home. I think it was one of the first games of the season. And bizarrely, through no no prior planning, just complete coincidence, three Wimbledon fans were there raising money for his foundation. So if you didn't mind, I wanted to quickly plug the Jack Lonergan Foundation and wish them all the best in their, uh, in their endeavours. But yeah, I don't know what was more scary, watching us try and defend a one-goal lead somewhere 
or jumping out of a plane. But um, either way, I'm here. So thanks very much for having me. It's very unusual, Danny, if you don't mind me saying. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I've got a skydive booked, and we'll, we'll, I'll see how we go, and then I might be able to join you later. But uh, here you are, back on back on solid ground. I mean, some people go out for a nice meal for the 40th or go to Las Vegas or something, and other people jump out of a plane, I suppose. You know, it's the way it goes, isn't it? Well, that's it. I mean, why why, why convey to the whole population what they normally do? Let's, uh, I always say my big motto is, say yes more. So uh, I, I decided to say yes. And now I don't know whether I'm going to hang up my sort of challenge boots or I'm looking for the next opportunity, but uh, the next opportunity, bizarrely, will be Saturday at your place. Um, what should I expect? Well, <laughs> if we play uh, anywhere near our level, Danny, you should expect a very, very hard uh, game, to be to be honest. I think we've been playing some sensational football uh, so far this season. Home and away uh, slight caveat we're talking before in our respective games on tuesday nights monday three o'clock monday afternoon when we're having this conversation so fingers crossed we're still going to be unbeaten at home by the time you guys come on on wow. saturday so we should be giving you a good game hopefully well i'm beaten well it will definitely be then i'm beaten at home versus i'm beaten away obviously we haven't lost yet away um we're basically based on a very very frugal defense with one electric forward who is, he puts everybody under pressure. He kind of lost his goal-scoring boots, found them, but can't score a penalty to save his life, bless him. He, uh, yeah, he, Ali Al-Hamadi, he is going to be, he's going to, he's our key player, to be honest. So it looks, it looks like an interesting prospect. I'm trying to do the 92. So coming to you guys is, I think, number 70. Uh, I didn't have the gumption or the finances or the, or the wife's approval to go to Barrow on Saturday. Um, which was good because about 150 fans couldn't get home. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like an interesting one. We haven't. I think the last time we played you guys was probably League One, wasn't it? It was. It was League One. I think it was the the first, your first season in your new Plough Lane Stadium as well. And it was uh, we're all having a lovely time. And uh, then obviously it, it went a bit pear shaped for you, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? It, yes, yes and no, really. Yes, yes, it went pear shaped because because we got relegated, but we, we were, we were knocking on the door for ages. And obviously you guys had, we, I, I, I think Derek Adams is your manager still, isn't he? You kind of went, when a Plymouth came back, I think. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of struggled a lot. And the one thing that you had that season, I believe you had Cole Stockton, you had a, a goal scorer. Yes. We lost ours. We lost ours in January, Ollie Palmer, who I don't think was on, on the kind of form that Cole was on, but we, we, he, he left to Wrexham and obviously TV shows and God knows what. Um, and that was it. And, and to be honest with you, I think we're better as a club for it. We've, we've kind of obviously got a lot of issues off of the pitch, which I think may be similar to you guys a little bit. We're just trying to, I guess it's that. And obviously, as you know, we've got Accrington Tuesday and Andy Holt came out, the guy from Accrington and went bonkers about wanting to sell the club. And I think there's a lot of, it's a really weird league. I don't know if you're finding the similar where it's kind of, it's sort of survival or everything else is okay. It kind of feels like it seems to be just don't get relegated. And, if we do all right one year, then great. It kind of feels that vibe. But I don't know what was your expectations pre-season. Was it was it promotion or was it let's just solidify and see where we go? I don't think we had any expectations, Danny. To be honest, um, with with the way it happened and it transpired when we went down, we only had six players 
under contract with our financial situation as it was at the time. We had to let everybody else go on a free transfer, including Cole Stockton, including Connor Ripley, our keeper, and all of our best players who we would have absolutely have offered a new deal to. Whether they would have stayed is another matter, of course, but we couldn't give anybody a new deal. We had six players in the summer, so we got 16 players in, and they're mostly young players, 19, 20, 21, and you know, rough diamonds, if you will, and, and very promising prospects uh, to give them some senior football. And so far, so good. Trusting in youth has, uh, has worked wonders for us, really. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty happy all in. But I think it, it's far better. I suppose internally, our manager would say differently. But I think from the outside, it's very much a case of it was really unknown what we were going to do at the start of the season. I think 20th or above was, was, was our first and primary objective so to be where we are at this point of the season I think everybody's really happy over the moon I would say almost and is there is there a difference have you noticed a difference between the Derek Adams when you went up from this league and now is there can you see the tangibles or is it almost different team different everything from the, the two sort of sides that you've had in the last couple of years there are similarities for sure, certainly in, in, in a lot of the, uh, the the style of play, formations, that kind of thing. When Derek was in League One with us, it was a lot more survival mode, if you like, for a lot of games. Certainly when we played away, you have to try and play not to get... I mean, there's more than one way to get a result in a game of football, isn't there, I suppose? But we were going to some big clubs who, frankly, we were not on the same page with in terms of the squad. It was as simple as that. So you have to try and do what you can to get results, I suppose, don't you? And uh, I think he got a little bit of flack, our manager, for, for some of the away games in particular, his approach and perhaps being a bit too defensive in some people's eyes. But... I suppose as a manager, you've got to do what you've got, what you feel best to to try and get enough points to stay up. This season is completely different. We are an attacking, free-flowing team, counter-attack, break with pace, and we are an absolute joy to watch. So it's chalk and cheese, really, from League One to League Two. So uh, yeah, we're loving it at the moment. So it's uh, it's, it's not too bad. It's more than not too bad, actually. It's great. You, and and like a, that, that's a very very similar story to us. We kind of had these. Since we've been in the football league, obviously we've been in the football league sort of maybe sort of ten or so years. It's been no higher than sixteenth, apart from one year mm. where we went on a freak run. We 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 actually spent a bit of money on Akinfem where we had Lyle Taylor. And we obviously got promoted through the playoffs to beat Plymouth, um, and then all of a sudden it was a again it was back to the wall kind. Of, and it's it's a really difficult one being a, being an AFC fan because you get the whole Wimbledon link, and I was a big Wimbledon scene to get older back. So you've got this sort of crazy gang versus new age family club and you've got lots of crossovers and lots of knots and it's a really it's an interesting place but i and obviously you may not know a lot about the short story but i don't think there was a fan who wanted the manager at the end of the season we we, we absolutely plummeted we were doing okay we lost at mansfield 5-2 at the beginning of the beginning of the year we went on a really great run and then by we obviously sold our best player, Sal, abroad. And then from January, we absolutely nosedived to the point where we were thinking this could get lively. Last game of the season, we were terrible. The manager got lambasted all four corners of the ground. Um, and obviously, with Wimbledon being a fan-owned club, the Don's Trust came out and said, no, we're backing the manager. We're going to stick with it. Um, and now now we're kind of, there's a lot more optimism about the club. And I, I don't. I won't, I won't necessarily speak as buoyantly as you have about Morecambe and, and the way that you guys have been performing, but it, it's chalk and cheese from last year. Um, and what's been interesting is we've kind of done a similar model to you the last couple of years where we just when we got relegated, we were all youth. We were youth, 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 youth and youth again. 
um, with very little experience. And that cost us our place in the league, to be honest. Um, so we've now kind of gone, I wouldn't say full circle. It's like anything. You always want a little bit of a blend. Um, but yeah, we, we've, we've looked, we've looked decent. I'd be surprised if at the end of the season, at the end of the season, we were promotion bound. But you know what? This is much, as you probably know, it's much better being this end of the table than the other end. And actually <laughs> yeah. going going to a game and feeling like you can actually win it is spectacular. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling that we as women of fans haven't really had consistently for the last sort of 10 years or so. So, no, looking forward to the game. Obviously, we drew with Barrow 0-0 in one of the worst games. Poor fans who went all the way out there on Saturday. Um and obviously, with three games in a week, we obviously have Accrington Tuesday. So it should be an interesting battle of two teams who have been relatively well acquainted over the next of the last couple of years. But no, always looking forward to it. And it's another ground, and um, yeah, just trying to work out the travel and the time to leave and all that sort of nonsense. Of my mates, I'm not a big drinker, so he's like, "Look, why don't why don't you drive, and then I'll have a couple of drinks?" So I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll fall for that chestnut." So. Uh, yeah, it looks like a seven o'clock start from ours. Um, probably via some services somewhere between you and you and us, really. Well, it took. Uh, well, we were away at Sutton United on uh, Saturday, oh, wow. and it took us seven and a quarter hours to get there. Only about four and three quarters on the way back, which was great. Motorway was completely clear, but coming down, it was seven and a quarter. So bear that in mind. Leave earlier rather than later I'd, I'd get there early and then you're there aren't you rather than it being one o'clock and you're still 50 miles from Morecambe so who who should we as Wimbledon fans be obviously me and my friend will listen to this on the way up so I hope the rest of the episode is, is as good as our, our podcast obviously um but I'm just interested as to who should we look out for who's your main who should we be concerned about so from an attacking point of view, all of our main attackers are very young. They're all 19, 20 years old. Our main strikers, Michael Mellon, uh, Mickey Mellon's son, obviously. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 that's him, long-standing football manager. Just got back in with Oldham in the National League in the last couple of weeks. So uh, he's got seven goals this season. He looks a million dollars, I have to say. He, looks, he's a, he came to us on loan last season, and I don't think he, he quite physically developed enough. And he played about 10 games, then dislocated his shoulder, had to go back, and, and that was the end of his season. Um, came back on a season-long loan this time round, and, and he's, he's looking so, so good this year. Leading the line, our number nine. Then we've got uh, Tom Blocks, out on the right hand side big six foot four right winger does bulldozes his way through an assist king he's not scored for us yet but he, he lays almost an assist a game at, at least uh, got Adam Mayer again 19 years old from the academy yeah. uh, he's in the England under 20 set up already and uh, he's going to be the next kid off the next big big transfer I would imagine out of the club uh, in, in, in due course hopefully not for a while yet because we could do with him for as long as possible but uh, uh, quite a few players JJ McKeon midfielder scored a hat-trick against Colchester a couple of weeks ago uh, again only 21 and, and again it, it's all the young players and, and that's that's what we've that's what we've backed our, ourselves on this season trusting in youth I think that was partly for financial reasons you know you can only fish in the pool that you can fish in so to speak uh, so we've, we've backed youth and so far it's paying dividends but uh, if we get our counter-attacking game going uh, we'll, we'll, we will sit back we will let you have the ball we will keep our shape or then nick it away break with pace and uh, that's how we've scored a lot of our goals this season. So if you can live with a counter-attack, great. If you're going to struggle with that, uh, we, we, we're going to be in business. 
Crikey. It sounds ominous already. Um, <laughs> whereas we're obviously, we're the opposite. We, we, we have basically had the one lad up top, Ali Alhamadi, who has been, he's super quick. I think he's 20 or 21. Super quick, Iraqi international. So he's been away on international break. Always comes back a bit leggy. And we've obviously got probably very similar to yourselves, quite a small squad. And it's our best 11 is our best 11. And after that, people kind of come in, but they don't always offer the best. In terms of for you to keep an eye out on, um, James Tilly has been superb on the right. He's a right he's a right winger, but he loves cutting in on the left and he's scored plenty of goals. Obviously, you've got Ali Alhamadi. Um, we've got uh, Jake Reeves as a centre midfielder who basically is like a metronome. He's like, gets the ball, gets it, gets the ball, gives it, gets the ball, gives it, kind of sets the tone of play. Um, and we're very, we got, we've got a very, very good left back who nearly went to Bristol City, Jack Curry, who's again sort of 21, I think he is. He's a super little left back who, who will, we were playing a, a, a sort of like a vet left back, Lee Brown, who we got for Portsmouth. And the whole game would just be played 15 yards deeper than it would be. And with these young lads, as you know, it, the game just plays higher. And you just, you, you're the whole game almost, rather than taking place in the halfway line, it's taken place 10 yards in the opposition half. Um, but it'll be quite interesting because I think being away from home suits us because we like to sit back. And I think it's going to be one of those, you know, where they say a boxers fight, you know, different styles make the fights. My only concern from what you've said is we're all, we seem to be same formation by the looks of it, same kind of play. So it could be quite a, whether you guys can, whether whenever we do start the attack, whether you've got the the gumption to to, to ping us on the on the defence. But our, our, in terms of our our defensive record this year has been pretty stunning. I mean, we've played fourteen games, we've only conceded eleven. So where our defence is right up there, we haven't scored absolute bundles. But again, if you look at it, not, I'm, I'm not going to brag too much, but we scored more than you and conceded less. So when you look at it from that angle. But that was all pre-season form. Um, exciting game. Looking forward to it. And I'm just, I guess we're both kind of praying that midweek goes okay-ish. But again, I presume you guys have got quite a small squad. How is it? Is your, is your squad quite similar to, it's the first 11 and after that, it's kind of thin pickings? Or is it? Kind of, have you got enough people to kind of move around? No, I think we can. I think we can interchange. Really, I think the idea of uh, of the way we've recruited in the summer, we've only got twenty two players in the squad, two goalkeepers, of course, um, and and it was the, the the stereotypical. We're going to get two quality players in for every position, but in addition to that, we've also got players who can play in three or four different roles. So uh, at the moment, we've got. Uh, our captain who's a right back playing in the centre of midfield we've had uh, a right back playing at left back for most of the season we've had a number 10 playing in a deep holding midfield role we've had a midfielder at centre half and that kind of thing so we've been able to, um, to, to to mix and match really I think obviously like all teams we have key players who if they are missing we would really miss them certainly in the final third if, if we're missing Michael Mellon or Adam Mayer or, or Bloxham or, or McKinn and then of course that is going to be a big miss for us uh, but we uh, I think the people on the bench, and there are players who who haven't who've come on off the bench most weeks, but haven't started a game yet. And I think that shows uh, the, the sort of the loyalty that the managers are being uh, affording the team who have been doing well. I mean, if you're six unbeaten and you're unbeaten full stop at home, you're not going to change your winning team, are you? So our, our, our first eleven, if you like, is uh, yeah, it's pretty good at the moment. Can't complain. 
And how is how things off the pitch? If that, if you don't mind me asking, I don't <laughs> want to spread on too many toes. But to give you some context, we're going through a very big transitional phase. Obviously, we I don't know how long you've been at your ground, but we've obviously just gone. We to give the fans a bit of context, we obviously did a bond, so we basically borrowed money off of the fans. So currently, about ten million pounds is owed back to fans who you could basically donate an amount of money or you could, and you basically a lot of fans loan the money and they got different, different percentages in terms of one to 5% return on their investment, which is obviously fantastic. But the first big year is 2025. So when 2025 comes, there's 3 million that all of a sudden fans could knock on the door and go, hello, can I have that back now? Um, and obviously Wimbledon have, have adopted a, a very sort of, star sort of stern 75 percent fan ownership so we've invited investment but we're I'm, I'm part of the don's trust mainly to sort of see how things run and we've just sent out a survey to to increase that to 51 percent. which people like borussia dortmund as example they're a 51 49 club we've looked to that but obviously with wimbledon fans we've been massively scarred with the whole milton Keynes stuff and i know many people don't like mention the name but they're that they exist so <laughs> i just get on with it um, but how are things at your end? Is it is it calm? Is it is it or is everybody in the same page, or is there a little bit of uncertainty at the minute? It's calmer than what it was. There's still a long way to go to to get it completely uh, resolved. The club's been up for sale for about a year. Uh, we're owned by a company called Bond Group Investments, and uh, the main head honcho of that Jason Whittingham is the is, is the majority shareholder at the club. Um, he courted one particular potential purchaser for many many months, and it became clear that that this particular purchaser was not in a million years ever going to pass the the fit and proper person's director's test, call it what you will, and so couldn't complete the deal because he couldn't prove that he had the funds to, to, to finance the deal, really. So that went stone cold. There, are, there must be other offers on the table because we are a very, very well-run football club. We're in the weird position, Danny, where the board, uh, the owner, isn't on the board so the chairman isn't the owner of the club, which is quite quite bizarre in that regard. And the owner of the club isn't a director of the club. So the people who run it day to day, and they run it brilliantly, by the way, and everybody uh, associated with Morecambe knows that, um, they're not in the position where they can write a cheque, if that makes sense. They're at the mercy of the owner to f- fund however he's going to fund it, even though he's not the day to day runner of the club if that makes sense so we, we had a bit of a bizarre situation where we made about two million pounds profit in our two seasons in league one and we're going to end up making an enormous loss this year obviously with relegation and stuff like that and um we haven't got much money in the bank because all of the profit went to repay the owner's director's loan that he pumped into the club when he bought us five six years ago so we're, we're kind of solvent but at the same time we haven't got any money but we're not in any debt and it's all a bit of a a bit of a mess, really. So, but, but I mean, the owner has pumped in a, a, a sum of money to obviously get us the squad that we've got for this uh, this season. So we, we we're of course grateful for that. So it's a bit of a weird one, really. But so the club needs selling, and I think any of the directors, and I know James Wakefield will probably be listening to this, and Charlie Appleby on as well, and and and, and others, uh, they will all be very aware that the club needs selling to a good buyer sooner rather than later. It's such a weird one, isn't it? Because obviously we've been talking a lot about it as Wimbledon fans and it, you've got to be so careful what you wish for with these owners, isn't it? You can kind of, for every amazing owner you get, you, you get you get a Mike Ashley or somebody else and all of a sudden you're bracing yourself for what, what could happen. What 
I guess it's that balance, isn't it, as well, where you see sort of the... I guess it's what you would class your promised land, I guess, where you can look at the, the future and look at what you think is where you as a club feel like you want to go, but whether you want to take take the punt on somebody a bit lively. And so not pass that test is pretty good effort. <laughs> there are some absolutely shockers out there. So to not pass the prim and proper test is, um, yeah, I, I'll, be, I'll be keeping note on you guys in particular because it will be fascinating. We've been really heavily linked with the guy who owned ASOS, um, Nick Robertson, who has been wanting to put invest money regularly into into obviously the club, and has he should got, have a few quid, shouldn't he? Surely, he should, if he hasn't, he's got, definitely got a few um, few special offers. That's for sure. Um, but it looks like we've got he's got a real want to do it. But as you can imagine, and it'll be similar with you guys. It will be that holding on bit where there's half of the fan base I feel that are desperately wanting to move on and go. What happened happened, and we're gonna we're going to back something and we're just going to keep moving. And the other half, rightly, are just are terrified of letting go and letting go on the fact of just in case whatever happened before happens again. So we're kind of as a fan base in a really weird sort of split. I, I feel like it's a split. The, the Don's Trust will say it's not, but it's a weird one where if you're a season ticket holder, so you go to all the games, you don't necessarily have an ownership of the club. Whereas if you live in, I don't know, El Salvador, and you listen to a game once a year, you can pay 25 quid. So you could own the football club. So I could go and watch Wimbledon, and you could own AFC Wimbledon. It's sort of a, it's a slightly bonkers way, but I guess, you know, we're the crazy gang, and that's kind of how that <laughs> yeah. has always kind of revered itself, I guess. So, um, yeah, interesting. Seems to be quite a lot, quite a few similarities. Seems to be two quite friendly, quite good community clubs, and... um yeah, I would say may the best team win. I don't really care, really. I just would, I'd like to win if that's all right. <laughs> um, we'd like to maintain our unbeaten home yeah, record. If that, I mean, we've got to we've got to do the business against Tranmere tomorrow night before before we even think about Saturday. And I think we will get a win actually. I mean, Sod's law, we're going to have lost now, but I think we're going to beat Tranmere. I can edit that bit. That's fine. Um, but uh, it, it's certainly going to be an interesting game, I think, Danny. I think it's uh, it, it's we've had some good clubs and some good teams come to the Mazuma this season. I think you you are definitely one of them. You've not got the amount of points that you've got so far and if, if you're not a half decent side I suppose definitely I think it's well also Wimbledon always bring we're, we'll have some numbers there um, they'll definitely but then we took considering Barrows probably further than you guys to Sutton we took a good nearly 300 up with us so there'll be some noisy Dons fans potential fancy dress it always is with away games as you know there's there's definitely a different crowd away from home than at home there's a definite yeah. there's a definite look swing in the kind of responsibility it's almost like um when the kids are up and when the kids are asleep if that makes sense um but no it should be it should be good fun looking forward to it and um yeah it'll, it will be um I, I like like i said i feel like if if we can find a bit of an attacking threat we've been a little bit without i feel that our defense is good but it, it just seems like almost whatever you've said we, we kind of feel quite similar so a four-three or something. Either way, would be sensational. It's going to be it? five-four or a nil or a boring yeah. nil-nil now, yeah. isn't it? Not, not much in between. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll, I think we'll toss a coin and see which one it goes. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, uh, Danny, tell us all about uh, the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. How did it come about, and and, and what is it? Yeah, well, for, yeah. So thanks for asking. So obviously, I don't know how many podcasts there are for Morecambe, but AFC Women have quite a few. Um, some were directly linked with the club, were, were linked with AFC Wimbledon. So AFC Wimbledon have basically launched their own, if you like, from a, a club perspective. Um, but myself and Lee, um, 
run the podcast. There was a gentleman, Jamie, who started it. It was just basically during COVID, watching the games. We were all, they were a bit bored and they were like, well, let's just catch up. And Jamie since was a teacher and I kind of have been involved for the last couple of years. And it's very, very similar. We always start an episode with just chatting about absolute nonsense and then it evolves into the game and then it evolves into conversation. So we had a conversation about whether we're a one-man team and we ranked our players in terms of ones who are absolutely, we to win, they've got to start drifting down we've done we interviewed some of some previous players talk about previous games so um yeah do you know what it's a lot of fun it's a it's a lot of hard work though i mean to, to get content and to and to get wife's wife's clear i'm a school teacher myself so running back and making sure but what's been lovely for me is the boys have got a sniff that there's a podcast drifting around with mr baker's name on it mm. um and it's been nice because now you know we're in the football season and the boys are talking about wimbledon and it's it's been good, but yeah, we've been going for, for three years and Lee, my co-host, will say we're the number one unofficial podcast. I, I, I feel there's room for everybody. So we, we are one of a few, one of a chosen few, um, but it's good fun. We get a lot of engagement. We probably have, I don't know, a thousand or so a week listening in and get a little, we, we just did a, might be a good idea for you guys, we just did a fantasy team. Do you know when you do like the Premier League fantasy team? Yeah. I decided just to pick 20, like, 20 was it 20 defenders priced them all up from Wimbledon's era to the non-league era and asked people they could have six from the non-league era and five from the league era and basically people sending in their teams and we do a we do like a predictions league it's all a bit uh, all a bit mental for an hour a week to be honest but it's good fun we do a debrief on a Sunday so after the game on Sunday um Lee will normally speak to you know whoever's on whoever's online and they just start chatting about the game and talk about tactics and it's just nice to, I don't know about you, but it's just nice to talk about football. We like getting different fans on and, yeah, you know, talking about football, I think is quite cathartic. I think it's quite good. I'm very much the man of reason. Lee is the fantasist. <laughs> so Lee is talking about, you know, going off into the world and conquering. And I'm just quite happy going to watch Wimbledon with my dad. And yeah, long may that continue. But how did you guys start? Um, well, when I, because this is my second spell following and, and commentating and reporting on the club, um, when we um, started it all back up again and we did the commentary agreement between the radio station and the football club, uh, it kind of felt a natural add-on, bolt-on thing to do, if you like, to, to sort of uh, have some highlights and reaction and, and get some opposition fans' views and, and sort of package it all together. So uh, that's what we did from the very first game in League One, really, and sort of about 140 episodes later, here we are. So, yeah, it's going OK. Oh, congratulations. It's sort of, um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. It can't, I, I guess, being hard work, it's not necessarily hard work, it's just that trying to come up with new stuff is always quite tricky. I'm quite creative, so it allows us to have a little bit of a little bit of fun with it. Um, but yeah, I, I, quite, I haven't heard too many other clubs, so the, I'll be definitely listening to this episode. Um, but well done you, well done to everybody at Morecambe for getting stuck in, and uh, yeah, let, let's hope for many, many more wonderful episodes, young man. Danny, looking forward to the game. I've not been called a young man for many years, so thanks so much for that. Uh, you can tell you're a school teacher. My wife is as well, by the way. Um, we'll uh, certainly be checking out the Wombles uh, Had a Dream. I was, I was in messaging Stu Deacons quite recently about from the Nine Years podcast as well. So there's lots of good uh, AFC Wimbledon fans pod content out there to, to catch up ahead of the game. And uh, fingers crossed for the, a good season ahead, Danny. Good luck for the rest of the season after Saturday, of course. And hopefully when we catch up later in the season, we're both in lead position that we're very happy with here here look, I look forward to the game Saturday best of luck for Tranmere and um, 
yeah, let's just uh, let's hopefully have a a, a lovely five five. That'd be great. So if, if, it's, if it could be 6-5 to Morecambe, that'd be even better. Uh, Danny, thanks very much indeed, my friend. We'll speak to you later in the season. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Every kick, every game, every goal. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.